The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Many moms clocking the equivalent of two full-time jobs caring for their children. Improvised baby carrier. For the Romanovsky family, improvisation has been a big theme in 2020. When the pandemic started, working parents Kenya and Pavo had no choice but to change course. Our day home was shut down and my husband is a teacher, so he had to teach from home. And we completely had to reevaluate our routine and simplify things to the maximum. A new study suggests many Canadian families have been unable to strike that balance. And the bulk of caregiving is falling square on mother's shoulders. The differential between men and women's uh, obligations at home related to child care is astounding. McMaster University researchers surveyed thousands of working and stay-at-home parents in April and June. This was the childcare breakdown pre-pandemic. Men reported an average of 33 hours per week, women 68 hours. When stay-home measures came in, fathers reported an average of 46 hours a week, while mothers clocked 95. Despite having uh, oftentimes two people with full-time, full-time careers or full-time jobs, women are still taking on uh, the lion's share of the burden when it comes to childcare responsibilities. And this was only amplified when other supports were taken away. While the pandemic may be aggravating traditional gender disparities, Romanovska says it may also present an opportunity to reset. Get really clear on your family values and get clear on your long-term vision. What are you trying to build? Every challenging situation is an opportunity to teach our children about life and to help them build resilience. Laurel Gregory, Global News. In a moment, we'll bring in Professor Susan Prentice from the University of Manitoba. Cal Langford is also with us. Uh, Megan Duffy is a frequent contributor uh, on 680 CJOB, and let's start with her. As a mom, Megan, can you identify with what Laurel Gregory was reporting on? Of course I can identify, but I think the thing is that I feel like moms just use the bulk of everything all the time anyway. Um, I just think that's sort of part of our role, but absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of my girlfriends who are struggling because they're still trying to do some work at home. Some daycares are still closed, so they're really trying to juggle and or having to take leave. And never once ever in three of my friends' households was it even questioned that the guy was going to take leave. It was always the female. So I think a lot of us are just trying to navigate how to do this. And I mean, for me, luckily, I can be at home at least two days a week with my three-year-old. But um, my staff, I mean, they're coming and going and working from home as they need. And I've allowed that simply just because I know everybody is struggling right now. What do you say to those, Megan, who say women aren't, moms aren't putting in in the equivalent of that? Because we have had, since we've been running this Laurel Gregory piece, um, you know, throughout the last uh, 24 hours or so and getting reaction to it, uh, we're hearing from a lot of saying, that's just, that's just bunk. Dads are doing more than they're getting credit for. Um, well, I'd like to get one of those dads on these panels and like find out, you know, maybe, maybe they're single dads and, and they are doing the bulk of it too. But I think in general, and, you know, is this a stereotype? You know, probably, but I think in general, women are taking on the parenting role now more than ever, but we always have anyway. Well, let's get one of those dads on. Cal Langford is with us. Cal, you and Lisa have a, a beautiful young man that uh, that's in your your life um, 
who who was diagnosed with on the autism spectrum. So uh, give us a sense of how you folks have been handling everything. Yeah, hey, man. Yeah, well, Lisa, I work on the road, so Lisa's uh, home quite a bit by herself with the family. And, of course, she lost school, daycare, camps, all her uh, outsourced support. So it was all on Lisa. Wow. But I tell you, her, uh, her commitment and love to Sean never wavered and never wavered with the family. So you agree with Megan then that in so many ways it's the women that have been picking this up? Oh, yeah, I'd be laying on the beach in Jamaica. I'd run for my life if, uh, <laughs> if, we, if Lisa wasn't here. And there Amen. you have it. <laughs> uh, Megan couldn't be more right. Yeah, I couldn't have done it alone, I tell you. I, I couldn't have. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're grateful and thankful for uh, Lisa's work ethic and commitment here. Is it time, well, And, though? Richard, I think, I think, too, though, women just naturally fall into that role just a little bit easier just because we are a little more, you know, we are motherly. We have those motherly instincts that maybe don't come as naturally to men. I mean, I look at my husband and he, you know, deals with the children very differently than I do. And I couldn't see him being home with the kids all week, all day when COVID hit. And, you know, every day the kids and I, we would try to do something fun and plan activities. And I just couldn't even see my husband doing that, to be honest. Let's bring in Susan Prentice. She's a Ph.D. Duff Robin, Duff Roblin professor of government, uh, also a professor in the Department of Sociology, Sociology at the University of Manitoba. And at this point in the evening, my lips and tongue usually uh, take a break. But, but Susan, is it a good idea that we're laying out and saying women are putting in the equivalent of two full-time jobs? Is it time to, to as, as Megan says, um, maybe break these stereotypes? Is it productive to say women are doing more of this rather than just saying maybe we need others to pick up the slack well this this is the this is the way that social science research makes people mad i mean the data are pretty clear the study from mcmaster looked at uh, three quarters of a million canadians it's a representative sample it tells us that the average mother with young children is doing 95 hours a week of childcare, and the average man is doing less than half of that. Um, so it's not really a stereotype um, to say that there are huge gender differences inside families. The problem is that, you know, it doesn't really line up very well with modern ideas about groovy dads and groovy moms and the idea that we only needed a feminist movement in the last century and this century's got it all taken care of. So what do we do to change the narrative? Because it's one thing to say that, that women are doing this much extra work. It's another to, to get the dads more involved. And they certainly, uh, as you look back at the decades, have become more involved. But what do we have to do to continue that moving forward? Well, it's certainly true that, you know, many, many dads today are doing much more than dads of you know, my parents' generation for sure, but it's not equal yet. And that's some of what Megan talked about from her sample of all of her friends. But, you know, there's other things that we can do. There's there's the work that an individual household can do to cope with all the paradoxes of what staying at home means. But there's also public policy, which is one of the things that I spend a lot of time thinking about. You know, one in eight childcare facilities in Manitoba is still closed. Um, you know, families with young children need access to services. 
we need to think about gender-sensitive policy that can recognize both before COVID and during COVID, women and, and men are bearing different kinds of loads. So we can, we can try to solve it inside our own households, but we can also look to our governments to help us put services in place to help and Professor Prentice, the, one of the realities is that because we are shrinking our bubbles, especially now, those other providers, grandparents, are no longer an option in many family units. So there's fewer and fewer resources available. Expand on that. And then I want to hear Cal here, because in dealing with um, with with a, with a child on, on the autism spectrum, it's especially hard. But, but Susan, what other policy tools are there available not just child care but to help families in situations mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. well it's true it's not only child care because as we've seen from the the tragedies in long-term care homes that families are also caring for their elder family members right so at both ends of the age spectrum when we have high needs for care it's very often women as mothers and as daughters and as daughters-in-laws who, who carry this burden I think right now we just have to live through this paradox that stay at home seems to be the best way to keep us safe. But when we come, when we start to come out of COVID, we're going to have to realize that it will have set women on average back a lot and we will need to have um, public policies that try to kind of mitigate some of the damages and losses. I mean, right now there, it's been 30 years since Canadian women have been so uh, absent from the labor market. This is a a big hole that we've had to dig ourselves into, and it's going to take a lot of effort to dig ourselves out of it as well. Cal Langford, you've been hearing the professor talk about different policies and different things that, that governments could do to, to maybe change the narrative. What what could be done to help you perhaps stay more to help Lisa, you know, in your family situation? Hi, hi, Julie. Sorry, this is Lisa. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> hi, hi, Richard. I just, I just, I want to just backtrack just a little bit because um, Cal said that I, I do take on a lot of the brunt of of the household and with Sean and everything. But I just want to say that my husband, he cooks meals, he does groceries all the time. And he, he's here. We traded off. We, we had to, he would go to work one week and I would stay home. And then I would go to work and he would stay home. So I just wanted to say that because <laughs> without him, I wouldn't have been able to do what I've been doing. He's a pretty modest guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Lisa, how, and- can, how can the rest of us help in a situation like this? And I mean by the rest of us, Picking up on Susan Prentice, um, government and the role that government plays in this. You know, I I think we we as a family have been very fortunate to have a lot of government support for Sean. Um, every family is different. You know, every every family with a special needs child is different. Um, we've had the support of my family from day one so they've been a huge support but again yes my parents are in their age even now they they will help they will offer to help but but right now it's not an option um i we have an older daughter that's here she's been going to paramedic school through this whole thing and she's still able to help 
so I, you know, I don't, I don't know. The school has been so supportive. Um, I, I have a respite worker who's amazing. You know, I just, I can't say, you know, this is only for, I can only speak for myself, you know, mm-hmm. in our situation. So we've been blessed with the government here in Manitoba. You know, we, we've been very fortunate. And I think every family with a special needs child has to advocate for their own child and their own family. Julie? And, and let's uh, shift the final question to you, Megan Duffy. So you've heard all of the conversation here and, and what um, Professor Prentice has had to say. As you reflect on it, would you like anything to change in your life? It's, it's, it's fine, I think, to say as moms that, you know, we are doing all of these extra things. But would you give it up? Given the chance, would you maybe uh, roll back some of those mom hours that you're working, hand them over to your partner and say, um, I'm going to go read a book? Would you, would you like that or do you actually like putting in the time with your family? Both. I, I like yeah. I like it both, to be totally honest. And yeah. this is the age-old question. I mean, a lot of moms, when they, you know, when they're with their kids all day, they're tired. But when my husband gets home from work, he's tired too. So when moms are like, oh, well, you know, he can just take the kids for the, re- for the rest of the night. I had them all day. Sometimes what I say to my friends is, yeah, I get it. But he also worked all day as well. So both of, both of us are working just in very different ways. You know, my husband deals with adults all day and I deal with children and both are exhausting. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, this is the ongoing question that I don't think is going to be solved here on our little hot topic panel as much as I'd like it to. But I love being with my kids, but it is exhausting at the same time. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. Megan, uh, have a glass of wine for us, please. I sure will. Megan Duffy, <laughs> Cal and Lisa Langford, and Professor Susan Prentice joining us on 680 CJOB. The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.